Well, thank you guys so much for joining us on another episode of the Gregor's Ministries podcast. And I'm so excited for today because we have two very special guests. Not only do we have our a very frequent contributor, Jenny Shepard, joining us tonight, but we also have a first-time guest, and hopefully not the last time, Daniel Permenko. And guys, thank you so much for joining. It's such an honor to be joined by, by you guys tonight. Yeah, no, it's an honor to be asked. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. Thank you. And just for those of you that don't know, Daniel and Jenny, both of them served with me at the healing school at Rama USA. And so we've had a, a, some amazing experiences together. And Jenny and Daniel actually got to minister together on the same team. Um, so those that, did, that don't know, what happens is we would minister for you know a 45-minute session or 30-minute session at healing school. And then we would take individuals back and we would minister to them one-on-one. -on -one. And we saw some tremendous results from doing that. And Jenny and Daniel got to do that together. And so they have some awesome things that probably I've never heard before. Um, mm -hmm. so I'm excited for them to share some things as well. But I really wanted to start out with Daniel since he hasn't joined us before. Daniel, you're currently in Colorado. Is that correct? Yes, that's correct. We've been here since September of 2000. What is it? 19. We moved here and we're here to help start a church and just be a support. And so um, it's been really a wonderful time. Wow. Where were you? I know that when you came to Oklahoma as a Rama student, that was not your hometown. Where were you from originally? <laughs> no, it wasn't. So I, I was actually born here in the Springs, but I moved to Rama from Texas. And for the longest time, I called Texas home, lived there for over a decade and that's where I just really grew up through middle school, high school and started college and then uh, yeah, transitioned over into Oklahoma and that's a story maybe we'll get into, but yeah, Texas. So I, I sure love Texas. <laughs> yeah. Where of Texas, where are you living in? So in, in Texas, we live, it's like, we split the distance between Frisco and Denton right off of 380. At the time, it was unincorporated, just right at the northern edge of development there. Gotcha. I'm in Rockwall now. So Awesome. Yeah, that's pretty far south. Stomping grounds. Yeah, nearby Frisco. Very close. <laughs> uh, no mask mandate country, USA. She's, she's <laughs> living in Freedom, USA right now. And so uh, we'll hope that soon the rest of the country will follow suit and then after shortly the rest of the world because guys it's time for us to start expanding and to go to all the nations and yeah. you know without any hindrances and i know that uh you know even during this time it, it feels like some people in the body of christ like they've been held back but we know that there's something brewing in the heart of the people of god that yes. we are ready to go forward yeah uh, we're not going to be held back anymore. We're not going to allow things to stop us. We've got things to do. God's got plans and he's got a purpose for all of us. And so we're going forward. And, you know, Daniel, I wanted you to share just a little bit about your story, just so people can get to kind of know you and, you know, what, what your situation was like. I know that you were like an all-star soccer player. <laughs> and if anyone knows me and Jenny, we are huge American football fans. Daniel was, for all of our Brazilian and European people that are listening, Daniel was one of your teammates. He played soccer uh, or just <laughs> national football. And he was, I feel like he, he was probably an all-star in that. And so I wanted to share with you, wanted you to share with us a little bit about what your experience was like and a little bit of your testimony. 
Sure, absolutely. Well, um, all my international friends, we don't call it soccer. It is proper football. Football. There's American yeah. football, and then there's proper football. And so I played proper football growing up, <laughs> and um, it was it was a joy. I did dabble in American football a little bit, but no, soccer was my thing ever from from the beginning, ever since I can remember. And um, we moved to Texas, and I got involved in the club system. And eventually, when I was about 16 years old, FC Dallas there in Frisco started what was called, they became a part of a brand new program called the U.S. Development Academy. And this was geared towards um, bridging the gap between the club system and the professional system um, and kind of almost skipping over the collegiate system. And so I joined that, it was a very premier thing, um, was part of the top of the top in the nation. Our first year we ranked number one in the nation, went to nationals and fell short in the finals. Second year ranked number one in the nation all year long, again, fell uh, short in the finals. And then my high school year was over and I had to make a decision about what to do for college. And you know, one of the things that um, I am just so thankful for. So my parents came to Rama back in 94. My uh, dad got saved. My parents got married. My dad wanted to learn about the Bible for himself. And so they went to Rama. And that was kind of the beginnings of, um, I mean, it, it goes into my grandparents too, but as far as my media family goes, that's kind of where it started. And I was, I'm so blessed because I was born again and spirit filled right there on the pink line at five years old. Um, in the auditorium, and I have a, uh, I have a portion of that pink line that I'm going to frame uh, <laughs> one day. I'll, I'll fill the full wall space with that. But um, yeah, and so ever since then, I've always known the voice of the Lord. I came to Rama and I met people, and they were trying to figure out, is God speaking to me? Is he not? How do I hear his voice? But it's just one of those things I knew, just like my own parents' voice. Now, that doesn't mean I obeyed it. Um, all the time. I went through some years, but um, I always knew his voice. And so that voice led me to go to school at Oral Roberts University in my freshman year of college. And I had this uh, battle between my spirit and soul. And I didn't really even have an understanding of uh, where three-part being and, and all of that. I just knew I knew God. I knew I needed to pray in tongues. I knew I needed to read my Bible. And um, that's kind of where I was at. But I wanted to play professionally. I had it in me. I had the talent to do it. I was on the track to do it. So went to ORU and we were ranked like a hundred or no, 205 out of 219. Um, I had a decent year, but I mean, the past two years I've been number one in the nation and now I'm number 200. Um, so I was like, this is just not going to fly. And I quit the team and I found the number one team in the nation. I was Creighton University in Omaha, Nebraska. And I left ORU and I went there and I knew the moment that I stepped foot on campus that I had made a mistake yeah. because um, like I told you, it's like, I just knew God's voice, but I had my ambitions and my things I was, I was going to do. And um, a little backstory before I get into the next part of this, I had had 12 concussions leading up to this point. Um, so concussion prone, just playing hard. And I was just um, injury ridden my whole time at Creighton. I mean, I remember walking into my dorm room, literally the first day that I was there and I was crying because I knew that I had made a mistake deep down in my heart. This was, I needed to be at ORU and I was, I chose my own path and went to Creighton and 
um, through that year, tore a hamstring, broke my foot, and it all ended with a big concussion that took me out um, of the game completely, just totally, completely. I'm not allowed to play again. I'm too much of a liability. They told me if I hit my head again, um, I very likely could die. I'll probably suffer dementia and early onset Alzheimer's in my 30s and 40s. And that was the doctor's diagnosis. And so for, I dropped out of school and for the next year and a half, I was living with my parents, um, sharing a room with my sister. We had a bunk bed and I was underneath and I had to keep the lights uh, dark the whole time. I couldn't have any noise. I was very mad at everybody. My head hurt 24 seven. Um, but one of the, the first things where God really started to get my attention through all the pain was when we would go to church, my head would not hurt anymore. And it was the weirdest thing to me because I would get terrible migraines, even if the TV was on downstairs, several rooms away, um, it would just make me mad. But when we went to church, it was just peaceful and there was no pain. And I eventually started to take notice of this, um, that maybe God's speaking to me and I'm evaluating my life at this point. What do, what do I do? Where do I go from here? I had my sights set on the pros. I was going to go to the MLS and uh, that was that was my plan and so I remember laying in my bed and I would listen to uh, Sherlock Holmes on audio tape and that was just kind of my deal from day to day and um, because it was just it kind of helped me get through the day with Sherlock Holmes and um, I remember in those moments even listening to Sherlock Holmes thinking where do I go from here and I would keep thinking about what my dad did and how God led him to Rhema and I thought uh, and this is the funny thing too. I talked to people on how God called them to Rayma and they heard this big voice. That's not what it was for me. No angels came to the room. I just had a thought it wouldn't hurt to go to Bible school. And so, and that's where it was, was, oh, okay. I mean, let's just go to Bible school and reset. My plan didn't work out. So that's where we'll go. And little did I know that I was being led there the whole time. And um, God just showed himself so faithful, went there for three years and then found myself at the healing school and serving uh, under Mrs. Leanne and under Miss Jenny and um, just learned so much and, and grew so much in those times. And so that, that's kind of it in a nutshell right there of how things happen. Like you said it's a nutshell, but that's a huge testimony, man. Like right. it really is because knowing you for a few years at the healing school, I didn't know, you know, I had heard through the grapevine and through other people telling me like that you had experienced these concussions, but you didn't show any signs of this. You didn't ever complain about a headache or migraines or anything, but you were really walking in this divine healing. And, you know, something that really stuck out to me, you're like, you, you pose this question of like, where do I go from here? Yeah. And a lot of people in life that are asking that question, because when you experience these concussions, though you were doing something, you didn't choose to have them. It's something that was like a residual effect of what you were doing. And so there's times that we're going through life and things happen to us that aren't of our own choosing. They're not of our own doing, but they happen to us. And so the way that we handle them. And so, Daniel, one thing I wanted to ask you is, you know, when you when God called you to Rama and you had been experiencing these migraines and things, what were the what were some of the ways that you handled that? Because it wasn't something I believe that once God spoke to you and called you, you knew this isn't what he's this is not his plan for my life. 
And mm-hmm. so how did you kind of handle that and start to walk away from that in victory? Yeah, that's a great question. So you made that comment about how this is not God's plan for my life. Well, at that time, um, I didn't know that. So I actually believed through that whole process. I knew. So one of the things I knew even while I was at Creighton was that um, I needed to press into God even more, even though I was in the wrong place. Um, I was just living a real, just coasting life and enjoying things. And I thought once that concussion happened wrongly, but, and I don't even know where it came from. It didn't come from my parents. It, no, I don't know where it came from, but the thought occurred, um, God must be trying to teach me a lesson, yeah. um, which we know God does not use pain. He does not use oppression to yeah. teach us. The Holy Spirit's the master teacher, and mm-hmm. that's who teaches us things. Um, but at that time, I didn't know that. And so I thought God was trying to just teach me a lesson. And so I was kind of in enduring mode. So I would listen to Sherlock Holmes and I would paint. <laughs> and that's how I got through things. I took all the wood from my dad's garage, took all of his paint, and I would paint things left and right. Um, all the paintings are in my parents' garage still, or in my parent or my brother's rooms. I accidentally painted my splattered his truck teal and white and blue. Um, but that's how I I just kind of an endurance mode. And then yeah. I got to Raymond and I learned that you know what that's not the will of God for my life. And I started learning about who I was in Christ and always knew uh, that statement that I was born again. So I was in Christ. So I thought I knew who I was in Christ. And, um, but what I came to find out was that I don't really know who I am in Christ until I know him. And so um, ultimately it just came through this hunger that developed inside of me at Rhema. And I remember one day sitting in my apartment and thinking, I don't have a headache anymore. And I, again, I don't even remember when it happened, but then I kind of took note of it. And the next day, I don't have a headache. I don't have a headache. I feel perfectly fine. And I realized that I was totally perfectly normal. Yeah. So also went to the, uh, went to the neuropsychologist, got my brain tested. They said everything was going to be terrible and onset, early onset Alzheimer's, all these things. And then they found that actually everything is restored, perfectly normal. And I was really upset because I tested one point below a genius level on the IQ <laughs> test. And so, and that was just be- betrayed at that time. So that's that was just a humble brag, Daniel. That was a really humble <laughs> brag right there. <laughs> I was leading to something. What I'm leading to is that's the goodness of God to take yeah. me from yes. such a low place and yeah. to restore um, my brain and, to, and found out that that lifestyle was not what he wanted me to live, but there is an abundant life. And that was just a manifestation of him showing me that. Yeah. And Jenny, I don't want to tell on you, but um, when we were in healing school, there was one time and it, you know, Daniel, what you're talking about is just that you had to finally accept what God did for you. And Mm -hmm. it wasn't, you know, just things you'd heard about, but this is mine. And I remember one time we were meditating and Jenny, if you don't like me telling this, I will cut it from the podcast. <laughs> she said, <laughs> she said something. She was like, I don't even remember what scripture we were meditating, but she was just saying, you know, God loves me or, or I, I have been anointed by God. And she said, me, Jenny from the block has been anointed by God. And so there comes a time where like, I'm just Jenny from the block, you know, I was thinking, why me? Yeah. <laughs> <just came> out. <laughs> you 
Yeah, it's just so even even if you're questioning who you are or what you feel like your significance is, you have significance in God. And so, Jenny, I, I didn't want to I, I feel like you've got something to say. I didn't want to steal it from you, but I had to tell that story because I that's my maybe one of my favorite stories from healing school. And so, <laughs> while you were telling your testimony, Daniel, I was thinking, did you? I was just thinking that sometimes a situation like that could bring somebody to a point in their life where they feel like where they almost have an identity crisis. You know what I mean? Like um, this is what you were uh, reaching for. And this is who you thought you were. I'm this soccer player and I'm going to be, you know, famous and, you know, and, and play, I don't know what you call it. It's not, uh, you know, like football. Proper, proper football. I can't even say that it feels offensive to my NFL football. (laughs) Just kidding. But yeah, and, um, you know, and then when that doesn't work out, you know, like you said, when you got to Rama, you found out who you really are in Christ. But sometimes we identify ourselves or we find our value and our worth in those things like, you know, I'm a soccer player. Well, or, you know, like Drew Brees, (laughs) for example, (laughs) retired yesterday, you know, after 15 years with the Saints and 20 years in the NFL. I mean, that can, he, he can be at a point where he is going to have an identity crisis if, you know, if that isn't watched because he's been this NFL star like you were, you know, for, for so long and this is who he's identified as and what happens you know like you you know if you identify with your job or with you know with your looks or anything that is earthly or temporary what happens when that's no longer or if that changes you know then then what and that's why you know, I was just thinking that it's so important not to base our identity on anything that we could lose. Yeah. Anything that can change, you know, because our identity, when it's not based on who we are in Christ and, and uh, my life is in you, Lord, my strength is in you, Lord, you know, and getting in it and getting to that place where no matter what happens and like you were saying josh you know people sometimes lose things at no fault of their own but even even in that being in that place and saying my life is in you lord you know everything that i am and all that i am and every you saw this coming this did not take you by surprise you know you knew this was going to happen but yet you've still prepared the way before me you know, and being able to be in that place uh, keeps you in a in a place of peace and contentment. You know, because if our identity is in anything else, then it's just sinking sand, like yes. the word says. You know, that's so true. And Daniel, I want to give you a chance to respond to that because you had to experience that firsthand. You know, where where this dream that you had was no longer that you probably had in front of you for years was no longer going to be a reality in your life because of things that had happened to you. And so what was that like for you to transition your kind of identity from a soccer player to now I've got to change what I think about myself and be someone completely different than what I thought before? You know, it was amazing. I remember in the spring, 
of my first year there at Rayma, um, I would, you know, I still keep up with soccer and um, the goings on. I have buddies that are playing professionally and whatnot. Um, and I was watching a game and I realized I was on a Saturday morning and, and I realized, you know what, I have so much more peace and I have so much more joy in my life than any of those years um, playing soccer and pursuing um, my plans for my life. And it was just such a revelation to me in those in that Saturday morning, just sitting there thinking, wow, you know, when we follow God's plan for our lives and we find ourselves rooted and grounded in Christ, um, it's just amazing the transformation that happens in our lives. And I, I would even joke about times about in those soccer days, um, just the, the pride that I had. And I didn't know it was pride. I thought, I mean, I'm a big shot. I'm on my way. So uh, I'm number one. And I would joke about how everybody was littler than me. And I would joke about how no one was better than me. And Not you. Know, you. And, yeah. <laughs> you know, and um, it's just amazing how, how you really, God will transform you as you uh, continue in his word and continue um, in his spirit. Just that real change that happens that uh, it's, it's just that it just starts on the inside and works its way out. And then you find yourself in a new place in God. And it's amazing. And Jenny, that one of the things you just said, you're like, not you, because we know Daniel and Daniel is probably right. one of the most, like humble people I've ever met in my life. I was about to say that you're probably one of the most humble people I know. <laughs> <laughs> Ever. <laughs> no, that's why I'm like, no, not you. <laughs> so that's a testimony in and of itself that you, you not only it changed almost your personality a little bit um, in a good way, in a positive way, because we know that those that are humble, we receive more grace from God and we start experiencing mm -hmm. that grace. And, you know, I know that there's a lot of people during this time, especially this last year, during all the, the COVID stuff that was going on, many of them have lost their jobs. Many people have, you know, lost essentially what, you know, almost felt like there was their identity. Like, this is who I am. This is what I'm doing. And then that was stripped away. And then there becomes a sense of, okay, now what do I do next? Where do I go from here? And so to be able to kind of pick up what feels like pieces and put back together and, and find the direction that God has for you. And so I believe that, you know, the beginning of that is one, seeking God wholeheartedly with everything that's within you. God, what is your true purpose for my life? Not just what I've been doing for the last 10 years, right. because we can so identify with who we've been and what we've done. But whenever these things happen to us, that's a great reset, I feel like. Yes. Maybe we didn't choose to reset it that way, but it's giving us an opportunity. Okay, this is there's an experience happening in my life that I didn't choose, but God, this has given me an opportunity to figure out what do you have for me next? And sometimes yeah. we've been out of position for years and God can use things that happen to us to get us back into the right position if we will wholeheartedly seek him. God, what do you have for me? Some of us have lost jobs that we were never supposed to be in. Some right. of us have lost positions that we were never supposed to be in, but because of money, because of our own insecurities, because of our own pride, we've taken them and we've entered into them. And this can be a great reset. It doesn't have to be a negative thing. And so right. I believe that Jenny and I want to kind of 
pass the ball to you here as well, because I feel like you have some thoughts on that yeah. as well. But I just want us to see that this situation that we're in right now, or people have been experiencing, it doesn't have to be detrimental to your future. Yeah. Um, you know, even before this podcast, I didn't send it to you. You know, a lot of times I, I'll send you something that's on my heart, but that's exactly what I was on the treadmill the other day. <laughs> you know, I don't drive for work anymore. So now the Lord talks to me on the treadmill. <laughs> he gives me all my everything, all my inspiration comes then, you know, everything else is tuned up. But, um, but no, it was just um, surrender, you know, that, um, that wholehearted consecration yeah. You know, getting to that place where, like you say, you know, we've built these things up and maybe whether they were just a goal or a vision in our mind or whether we we actually attained some of it and then possibly even lost it or, or, or didn't lose it, but not feeling a contentment in the place where we are um, that I just feel like the Lord, um, but to find out what his true desire is, his true purpose is for our life is going, and if we really want it, it's yeah. going to take a, um, a surrender and a consecration, uh, getting to a place where we're, we say, let all these kingdoms that I built fall, yeah. you know, let them all fall. And, uh, you know, Nicole Norderman has a song called, um, uh, the unmaking. And it, it so talks about exactly what I'm saying. And it's basically saying, you know, let, let all this crumble down to rubble. And in the place where I stand, rebuild, Lord, rebuild everything in your way and in your will, because unless the Lord builds the house, we labor in vain, yes. you know, but, um, yeah, just, uh, and, you know, that place of consecration will be found in times of prayer and getting real and, and just saying, Lord, you know, pull, digging deep into your heart and saying, was this, uh, was this of you? You know, and if it's not, I'll leave it here at the altar because I only want what you want. And it will have to be that sincere. You know, you will have to where we have no regret no reserve, no retreat, you know, sold out, completely sold out to say whatever your desire is, Lord, that's my desire. I mean, there have been multiple times, twice, that I've left everything. And I'm not trying to brag on myself. This was, it wasn't easy, <laughs> you know? And it's not because it's not easy on your flesh. It's not easy on your soul because we build soul ties. We get our soul intertwined with people and things sometimes that he never, he never even started. And we, some relationships we should have never even had friendships or, or whatever type of relationships, you know, that we should never, should have never even had or, or things that we're seeking after. And it takes a, uh, you know, sometimes when you're letting those things go for, for him or for the sake of the call, should I say, um, it, it's a, a dying of the flesh. And yeah. when the Bible 
talks about a suffering, that's what he's talking about. He's not talking about sickness, like you were saying earlier, Daniel, you know, and, but he's talking about a dying of the flesh, putting off those things. And it's not going to feel good for a season because it will take a season to get those things out of our soul and to get our soul un unraveled from them, you know? Yes. And, and Daniel, that's probably something that probably you had to experience. You've had mm -hmm. this dream in your in your mind for a long time, and you've had uh, a, what we like to say like a soul tie, where yeah. your soul was tied to this idea of what your future was going to be. It didn't end out that way. But how did you how do you feel like you kind of broke that soul tie and moved on? Because now you guys are you and your wife are doing some awesome things for the kingdom of God. And I would guess I don't want to put words in your mouth, but I would like to say you probably feel more fulfilled than you ever dreamed of, uh, you know, being in the position that you guys are doing. And so I wanted to just have you share a little bit about what that was like for you. Yeah, absolutely. So um, it was it was a there was a hard reset. Yeah. as we were, we were talking about not by choice um and even it wasn't the will of god for it to happen that way and and through right. the, the concussion and whatnot so there was quite a humbling in that moment that not i mean we're talking about a year and a half where i'm sitting in a dark room um no lights or or anything so i don't want this to sound like it was like Oh, I was, I was just praying one morning. God said, change and do this. And that's yeah, how I did it. And for me, it was a bit of a process. And um, it took me time to recognize God was speaking to me and he was leading me a certain direction. And he just led me step by step through it all. And then even once I got to Rhema, that's where I started to find out there was a lot that even though a lot got um, reset and left behind when I came, there was still a lot that I needed to let go of and there was a lot in my life that needed to change and so um like you were just saying it really just came down to i was in a place of of that surrender where i was like, okay my plans didn't work this clearly uh, did not work for me and um you know it might not be so obvious for some people as it was for me at that time but um that's really where it's at and i was really just in a place where I didn't know a whole lot, but I just knew, okay, Lord, whatever you would have for me in this time here at Rayma, you know, even people, your first year at Rayma, they're asking you, what are you going to do second year? You know, what course are you going to take after you leave Rayma? Are you going to go pastor? Are you going to go this that, and the other? And they like are asking for your whole 50 year life plan. And, and I feel like I disappointed a lot of people because I was like, honestly, I'm focused on the moment right now. I'm, I'm here this is where God's called me to be. And I'm just going to soak up this teaching and then um, he'll speak to me. And when it's time to move on, then, then we'll move on. And I think it was just having that attitude and being in that moment, you know, even if you ask um, some of my friends, it would come over to my apartment. I would have sticky notes for days over all of my walls. Um, everything that I learned, anything that God was speaking to me about, um, it was up on the walls. And, and that was just my focus. And um, there was a bit of an ebb and flow with that focus through the years there at Rainbow, but I just pressed in towards that and um, he'll speak to you and he will guide you and he'll bring up things to come. And, and there are some times where it happens a little more gradually. There are other times where you need to get on your face in yeah. prayer. I had a situation um, that was just real heartbreaking for me and um, it really stirred a lot of trouble inside of me. And thank God for good friends. He said, Daniel, uh, go take communion get on your face before the lord 
and and just pray about this and um it was kind of something that really troubled me but i just did i locked myself in my room for i don't even know how many hours and i remember uh falling asleep and part of my prayer was just lord just burn these things um out that that aren't of you the things i need to change then i woke up on my face and my chest was on fire now it wasn't it wasn't heartburn or anything like that and it was again it was this time of just pressing in and asking him what's going on and he said i'm answering your prayer and things about that situation from that moment on began to change um but it's it's going to that place of surrender um these things that i've built let them fall i'm just i'm as i say i'm going all in for the call you know and it was really uh you had to consecrate yourself in those moments and that's a lot about what we've learned about being in prayer school and healing school is the, what it means to be consecrated to God and, and give ourselves mm-hmm. consecration. And, you know, anybody that's listening, I hope that you feel encouraged by listening to both of them share, because what it means is whatever you're going through right now is not your destiny. It's not your future. And maybe the process going forward towards what God has for you. But if you're experiencing pain or turmoil or even sickness in your body, that is not God's destiny. That's not God's plan for you. He has a purpose for your life and he is going to satisfy you with long days Mm -hmm. ahead. And so we just want to encourage you that there are good things ahead. And, you know, Daniel, like he said, he was in a dark room for a year and a half. And, you know, sometimes we hear that and we let that pass by, but imagine putting, put yourself in that position, you know, being in a dark room for a year and a half, just having to, you know, that could feel like not only literally a dark place, but mentally, spiritually, emotionally, a dark place, but he had, someone on the inside of him that was bringing him from that place into the destiny that he had for him. And so no matter what it looks like, no matter what you've been going through, God has something for you in the future. And so Jenny, I kind of want to pass the ball to you because I see you ready to go. (laughs) Well, um, I I had a scripture that I had brought with me tonight and um, just uh, it's Hebrews chapter six. It's verse 18 and 19, and it says, and we're talking about hope, you know, having hope for someone who may be hopeless or who was in that dark place or who is in that dark place like Daniel was, you know, um, it says God did this. So by two unchangeable things in which it is impossible for God to lie, it says we have we who have fled to take hold of the hope set before us may great may be greatly encouraged we have this hope as an anchor for the soul <laughs> i love that firm and secure it says an anchor for the soul you know our soul is our mind and our emotions that part that we were talking about that gets intertwined sometimes in the wrong things that part of us that thinks and thinks and thinks and analyzes and analyzes or feels all the emotion of everything that you may have lost you know that's your soul and he says you know even in romans he romans 8 he says that jesus is the shepherd of our soul he's actually he's the shepherd that means overseer he's the bishop he's looking he's overseeing our soul he's looking to see that our soul is okay 
you know, and he says that our hope, he's a hope and an anchor for our soul. We can anchor our soul. Like, like if you're on a ship, you know, and that ship is going out there and you needed to stay in one place because it's going everywhere. What did he say? He said, he is a God who will not lie. You can anchor your hope on his word and throw in the anchor because it's a safe source. If he said it, <laughs> it's going to happen. It's going to come to pass. And so we come back to his word, meditating his word, keeping his word before our eyes, continually allowing his word to be planted in our hearts so that we can anchor on it. Yeah. And so that when we need it, that's what's there. That's what we're, we're leaning on, you know? And, and that's similar to what Daniel was talking about. He said he had those sticky notes all around his house. And those yes. were, that was a form of meditation. That was to mm -hmm. keep what God had spoken to you in front of your eyes. Yeah. And, you know, Daniel, I, I kind of, you know, we're wrapping up here tonight, but I wanted to kind of just give you an opportunity to really encourage people that may have found themselves in a position that they didn't choose, but they're going forward and, and you know, just continue along the lines of that as well. Yeah, absolutely. I love um, what Jenny was saying about how that hope is an anchor for our soul. I, it was at Rhema that I learned the difference between worldly hope and biblical hope. And, and mm -hmm. I found out like worldly hope is just, you know, maybe this will happen. This is a nice idea. We'd really like this to happen. Don't know if it'll happen, but that would be great. But I remember was, uh, sitting in Dean Tad's class and where he let us know that Bible hope is a confident and joyful expectation. Yeah. So we have this confident, joyful expectation yeah. that anchors our soul. You yeah. know, Colossians Bible says it's cliche, but it's it become cliche in many ways. But it, it needs to be such revelation to us that Christ is in us. He is the hope of glory. He is that confident expectation that we are going to see a better day. That today yeah. may be dark. Today may be hard. We may have gone through something. Jesus said, in this world, you will have trouble, but be of good cheer because yeah. I have overcome the world. So to anybody that's sitting in that dark place, uh, just as David had to encourage himself in the Lord, we encourage ourselves and we are of good cheer. We know his word is true. Yeah. We know he is faithful. And that hope in us tells us that there are brighter, better days ahead. So it's, it's time to arise and shine because the glory of the Lord is here. Yeah. <laughs> Hallelujah. And just lastly, I would like to also say, I love uh, you brought up David. He's my favorite person in the Bible. He <laughs> <It> really <laughs> is. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but um, he he did. He encouraged himself in the Lord. He said, he said, you know, he lost everything. Remember, he lost. They took they took all their wives and their children. Their children. They uh, kidnapped them, uh, all their belongings and their riches. And his men turned against him and wanted to kill him. And what did he do? <laughs> he encouraged himself in the Lord. You know, and another scripture says, he said, bless the Lord, oh, my soul, and all that is within me. He's talking to his soul, you know, he's speaking mm -hmm. to his soul and he's saying, soul, you're going to bless the Lord today. 
no matter what's going on around me, you're going to bless the Lord. And what happened out of that, instead of him going crying, you know, and get angry and mad at everybody for turning against him and all this, instead, he said, let's go, we're going, because he got a word from the Lord in the midst of that. He knew what to do. He got direction, you know, and the same goes for, for whoever's listening right now and who needed to hear this. God has direction for you. He has plans. He already prepared the way. He saw this coming before it ever came. <laughs> and yeah. he had a plan. He has a plan. And, and that's really something that we are, have been hitting on tonight is that you are not stuck. The mm -hmm. position you're in now yes. is not your destiny. God has a great future for you. He's got steps that he wants you to take. And, you know, something we hit on a lot was consecration. And, you know, a lot of things that, you know, it's not popular to talk about personal responsibility right now, but there is some personal responsibility <laughs> in consecrating ourselves Absolutely. and saying, God, I lay down my will. The thoughts I've had for my future, the thoughts I've had for what you had ahead of me, I'm laying that down. Whether they're right or wrong, I'm just laying them down. I'm going to let you speak to me directly, whatever you'd have me do next. And so that's really what we encourage you guys to do is to allow God to speak through you. And if you don't feel like you hear the audible voice, that's okay because he speaks through your spirit. And if you don't feel like you're in the position where you can even hear that, the word of God is God speaking to you personally. And you can always find his will through his word. And so we just want to encourage you guys that there is a future ahead of you and there are good things to come. So Daniel and, and Jenny, thank you so much for joining us tonight. And I just want to encourage all of you, if you're watching on Facebook and Instagram, you can also listen to the audio version on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google, SoundCloud, wherever you listen to podcasts, you can find this podcast. Just search Greg Rich Ministries. And guys, thank you again so much for joining us. We'll have to have you back on soon. Thank you. Yeah, thank you.